Happy 2022. This can't be that hard, fam. I am so excited to be here with you at a time of year that always feels fresh and full of possibility. If you tuned in last week, you know that today's episode is part two of a quick roundup of some of the best insights and lessons that my guests shared with us back in 2021. Last week, I focused on the guests who shared some of their best tips and strategies for running a business, and then this week, I'm spotlighting some of my guests who came on and shared their real-world stories and their struggles and their insights and how those things have impacted the results that they have gotten during their careers as photographers. So just like last week, I'll be linking all the full episodes in the show notes. So if you've got some extra time now that we're here in January and you're in the mood for a deeper dive, you've got easy access. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Before we dive into the recap, I have one quick announcement for you. This month marks the two-year anniversary of the launch of the Simple Sales Blueprint, which I totally cannot believe. (laughs) It has been an incredible couple of years, and we now have over 500 alumni of the course out there thrilling their clients, making more money, and doing so in a sustainable way. And over the course of these two years, my team and I have listened to your feedback, your questions, and your hangups, and we're in the process of creating the first major update to the course. This February, the Blueprint is getting a big upgrade and along with it, a new price tag. So why am I telling you this now? Because A, the beginning of the year is the perfect time to work on your systems. And B, when the update happens in February, everyone who owns the Blueprint will have access to the new material at no additional cost. You can purchase the course directly at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash blueprint Or if you're not yet familiar with Simple Sales, you can go to thiscan'tbethathard.com slash simple to sign up for the free masterclass where I teach the whole thing so you can decide whether or not it's the right move in your business. Either way, now is a great time. And since we're here at the beginning of the new year and many of us are planning out our goals and strategies for the year, I wanted to kick off today's roundup with a bit of wisdom that my friend Coley James dropped back in episode 129. I love what she has to say about how changes don't always have to come as a result of a problem in your business and how instead of waiting for those problems to show up, we can take a more proactive approach to considering where we want and need our businesses to go. So I've got some clients that I've been photographing since... I opened my business nine years ago and I love spending time with each and every one of them. But I realized in 2020 and at the beginning of 2021, even the clients that I love, I was struggling to finish their films. Mm -hmm. So when I sat down to actually make a film, whether it was to choose the music to, um, you know, kind of pick the clips that I wanted to use, the process was getting longer and longer. And while I used to deliver films within three weeks, some of my clients, I was creeping up to six weeks. Now it's in my contract that I have up to six weeks. So it wasn't like I was necessarily delivering late to clients, but I just realized that it just didn't bring me the same joy. 
Yep. But on the back end, I had just taught at TFN. I was getting a lot more questions about CRM setups and thinking about strategy and other people's business has always brought me joy. But with a CRM, it's like these little pieces of logic that I am really familiar with that, you know, I can just spit it out of my head at, you know, in an instant. But I realized that was bringing me more joy than the filmmaking, which is what I am most known for on the photography side of my business. Mm -hmm. So I started to think, that maybe it was time for me to reevaluate what I was doing in my photography business to perhaps make more room for the education side of my business. Because I've always been a big person. I think that when you're seeking educational opportunities as a photographer, you really need to hire someone who is still a photographer. I have felt strongly about that for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't necessarily think that the same maybe 60-40 balance that I was doing before, maybe even 70 in terms of photography, is something that I necessarily want to maintain going into the future. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> I've done <laughs> I mean, I know, Anami, we're, we're, we're in the same age. I was going to say, aren't we the same age? Don't call we us are. old. <laughs> but I'm really beginning to feel it somewhat in the same way that wedding photographers begin to feel, you know, those yeah. full days. When I'm doing my full day in the lives now, I am really feeling them two and three days later, which I didn't before. So, you know, I feel like every photographer should take a look at their business every six months, every year at the latest to figure out what is still working for your business. And I don't just mean for the business. I mean, yes, you should understand your numbers. You should understand your processes, anything that you can do better, but like reevaluating the season of life that you're in, in terms of your family. Because when Chloe was young and I would travel for photography sessions, she never really missed me. I mean, she missed me when I walked out the door, but she pretty much forgot about me until I came back. Mm -hmm. But now she's like, no, mom, you know, do you really have to go this weekend? Can you photograph your clients on another weekend? And, you know, she's 11 and she's the only one that I've got. (laughs) So I don't have that many, you know, years left with her before she's out of the nest. So I'm just thinking that now might be a time to do more stuff that I can do at home. Mm -hmm. Um, in a fixed amount of time so that then when my family comes home from school or work in James's case, at the end of the day, I have more time to spend with them. Speaking of changes, one of the most common changes I see photographers wanting and needing to make has to do with changing their pricing. And we all know how tricky and difficult that can be. In episode 125, Elka Vandenenda shared her version of the price increase story, and this one has a really happy ending. To give you a bit of background, Elka lives in Belgium, and although much of Western Europe has begun to accept higher pricing when it comes to weddings, the cultural norm is that family photography is still regularly quite underpriced. So when Elka decided she wanted to add family sessions as a new source of income to her existing wedding photography business, she initially priced them along similar lines to the prices that her neighboring photographers were offering. But that just wasn't working. So in this clip, she talks about how she finally worked up the nerve to charge what she's, she needed to charge for family photography, even though it meant her prices would be way higher than the rest of her market. In the fall, I took some time to go through the course and uh, I calculated the numbers a couple of times because (laughs) it was pretty shocking to see how much I actually needed to charge. And um, I I did the work, I made a new brochure and I uh, 
um, I started communicating about it, but in like a low-key way. Um, and I also was in, in a pretty comfortable position where I knew I already had a lot of weddings on the, on the books for uh, 2021. Um, so I wasn't dependent on the, the income from the family photography sessions, but I did want to price them like I was. Um, like that was going to be my, my full-time income. And when I put them out there, I thought everyone is just, I, everyone is just going to go insane. They're <laughs> going to telephone me, yell at me that I'm like crazy for charging these prices. And for sure, photographers will, um, will go nuts about them too. They'll think I'm, I, I'm like, this capitalist pig, you know? Um, <laughs> but I thought, you know what? Someone has to be the first. So fuck it. I'm just going to do it anyway. Um, I'll put them out there and hopefully some photographers will look at that and, um, and see like, okay, someone has the guts to actually ask for this. Maybe I can raise my prices too. Maybe not directly to that level, but to a more sustainable level, at least. Yeah. Um, because I know plenty of people who work for like 150 euros for an hour, all inclusive, um, which uh, if if you calculate how much that makes you, it's like a negative number for sure, because for sure. it doesn't even cover the costs of your materials. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really have any expectations, um, but people did start booking. Um, and, and the wonderful thing was that every time someone booked, I was like, nice, this, uh, this kind of, this is the equivalent of five people booking before this. Mm -hmm. So it felt like a more restful place. <laughs> Hang on guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that this can't be that hard? Isn't the only podcast I host. Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. In episode 133, Cami Vanis came on the podcast. She has been in business for a long time, over 12 years now. And I think a lot of photographers who have been in business that long eventually hit some sort of burnout wall. But Cami has managed to mostly avoid it. So I was really curious about her secret to success. And I thought that this little story she shared about how putting our why front and center was an incredible reminder for all of us. One of the big ways that I have, um, I guess, helped push myself through my hard times. Um, the emotional roller coaster, as I've called it, of being mm -hmm. a self-employed creative, when it gets really, really rough, 
and you hit those lows, how do you keep yourself going? Um, and for me, it was really figuring out why I love what I do so much and why it's so important. Like I feel like our job as a photographer is one of the most important careers that you can have. Um, I really truly believe that when you take images for a family, um, whether in any genre, you know, it doesn't matter whether or not you're, you're photographing newborns or whether or not you're photographing huge life events like weddings. Um, or even if it's really just your typical, you know, updated family portrait session for the year, um, the images, they will last for generations within the family. Um, and when it really came front and center for me and drove home how important it was, um, it was because I had a client lose a daughter and, um, Oh, I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to cry. Um, but they had been long-term clients and I had photographed them for years. And their teenage daughter um, was in a tragic car accident and didn't make it. Oh and then I got the phone call that she needed those photos for... Um, she needed the photos printed professionally for the funeral. And that's, you know, that's the last session that we did the last photos, her favorite photos, um, I took them. And that's huge. I mean, what an honor to be able... And you don't think about it. I mean, we go through our, our day-to-day and, you know, we how many sessions do you photograph a year, right? You're not worried in the moment that something's going to happen. But then when it does happen, um, it kind of takes you... It takes you aback. And it makes you think like, Every session that I walk into now, I want to give the family the most gorgeous images. I want them to be a true representation of their family at this moment in their lives. And I want to make them as beautiful as possible because you just, you never know. Back in episode 80, I talked to Sabrina Gebhardt. Before Sabrina became a photographer, she worked in business. So you'd think she would have been ahead of the game when she started her own business. But the reality was really different. When she came on the show, she shared how the transition from being someone who studied business and who worked in business to being someone who owned a business was nowhere near as easy as she thought it was going to be. This clip is where she's talking about the changes she had to make to finally steer her ship in the right direction. My story is like so many other female family photographer stories, right? Like I've always loved the camera. And when my first child was born, I started taking photos. It's literally the same story. So like thousands and thousands and thousands (laughs) of us have the same story. And, um, you know, I realized I enjoyed it. And then friends started asking me. And then, you know, one day, literally... I remember being like, I think I'm going to start a business and start charging people. And my husband's like, time out. Wait, what are we doing? (laughs) You have a newborn and a three-year-old. Like, are you kidding me? Um, And I did exactly what you just said. Back then, Instagram was not the thing that it is now, but I created a Facebook page and I slapped together a blog website and my doors were open. I sent out a mass email to all of our friends And I do come from a very robust business background Mm -hmm. and I have a master's degree and you would think that I would have stepped into business with the intention and the structure and everything, but I didn't. And I think that it is because photography is creative and it pulls from that other side of our brain and there's passion that drives it. And so many of us start 
because we just like to take pictures. And yeah. quite frankly, we're like, I want to take pictures of some people other than my kids, <laughs> you know? Yep. And when people start paying you $50 or $100, you're like, oh my gosh, I made a hundred bucks taking photos. This is the greatest. You don't think about where you're going. You're just riding the wave. You're like, yep. this is amazing. But what happens is, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a lot of friends asking you and to start getting busy, before you know it, like your business takes off and it's like dragging you along. Right. And, um, that's totally what happened to me. And that's what happens to so many people. And it took me like two and a half years of just being dragged along and shooting way too much and undercharging Mm -hmm. before I took a step back and I was like, time out, like what is actually happening here? And this thing has turned into something that I don't know if I can manage anymore. And I had to stop and remember, like, I know how to run a business. I know how to set goals and deal with financials. And I know how to market and plan. I mean, like that is my wheelhouse and I wasn't doing any of it. Right. You know? And so it was just taking a step back and thinking, okay, if I want to do this for the long haul, if I want to be one of these women that that have been in business for 15 plus years and who are still thriving and relevant and all of that, like I've got to put some plans in place. Another photographer with a long and winding road to success is Melissa Arlena. She was my guest on episode 131, and I got so many lovely emails in response to this episode and her story. Melissa was brave enough to share a pretty treacherous story about how she had basically run her business into the ground financially and ultimately had to all but close up shop after being in business for nearly 10 years. And that was all so she could go back to working a regular job. The amazing and super inspiring part of her story is how in the last two years, she's been able to rebuild to the point that she's gotten out of her spiral of shame, fear, and desperation, and is now running a hugely profitable business that's serving her and her family. But I need to make more money from this. And so um, I had already, like I said, fixed my my habits. I had already fixed my expenses. So now I needed to up my pricing. And so I researched the crap out of Simple Sales and got on board with that. And then that, um, it's so funny, the confidence that when you get your pricing and you understand all of it and it's profitable and people are booking it, that it just makes you feel like a completely different business owner at that point. Like, and so with that year, even the clients that I was worried about losing, um, they ended up coming back to me for mini sessions and I had, and some of them still came back and paid my new pricing for newborn sessions, but I had plenty of new clients coming in that didn't have a problem with the pricing. So I didn't even have to worry if someone was like, Oh, that's too expensive. Right. And just having that that confidence to say, and not being in that desperate place anymore, then I'm like, okay, it was easy to bless and release kind of thing. Let them go. Yep. I love it. Versus, you know, just wanting to take anything. Um, and then now we're at a point where we moved to Florida like three months ago. <laughs> and so I'm restarting again from scratch, but because of all the things I put in place before, you know, I have a business emergency fund to get us through. I know the steps I need to take on getting my SEO set up. I started that in February. Like the moment my husband found out we were moving, Mm -hmm. I was like, bam, keywords Mm -hmm. the next morning. (laughs) 
and getting all of that set up. And so even though we're restarting down here, I've already had four clients book. And then I upped my pricing for down here too, because we're in a very high end area and stuff. And I wanted to work even less. (laughs) And speaking of popular episodes, who remembers Amy Sanusi from episode 92? Amy is a family photographer in New York whose business got so busy that she was letting all kinds of things, including some important things, fall through the cracks. Amy and I talked about how being a good photographer is different from being a good business owner. And then she shared how instead of working really hard to improve her own skills in the business side, the parts that she wasn't naturally good at, she made a different decision. And that was to bring on a studio manager. And that has made all the difference. When I first started my business, I didn't really see a need for it. Because I was like, I'm not booking that many people. I can't afford it. Um, but then I think it was after I moved to New York, I had a friend. I had I kept on trying to like get friends to come work for me. Because yeah. I was like, hey, you want to come like help me do stuff? And so I did. I had a few different friends work for me. Um, that must have been five or six years ago now. And they've all, you know, kind of teetered in and out here and there, but really it was like somebody to come in and handle everything else. Mm -hmm. So it's, I take care of the editing and I take care of the shooting, the website, blogging, um, maybe some little bit of client emails here and there, but really everything else is them. And that's kind of what I needed because my brain, I was finding, I just, things were falling through the cracks. Mm -hmm. Things were not being up to the standards I wanted them to be and not mm-hmm. consistent just because I'm very scatterbrained sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding somebody else who wasn't like that, who's an opposite personality of me, that could be like, hey, get this done, take care of it. Here's what you need to do. It was really helped me run a better business and help me be a better business person in general. Um, because I had somebody telling me what to do. Right. <laughs> it was, it's awesome. And being a business owner, you don't always know what you're doing half the time. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody else there to keep you accountable and kind of give you a guide of like, okay, here's today's tasks. Here's what I need you to do for me. Or right. here's your shoots this weekend, this time, this place, here's the phone numbers. Um, just kind of be my brain on that side of everything. Well, guys, you might have noticed that there was a bit of a common theme in the episodes that I've shared today, and that is the theme of transformation. All of these photographers have set their sights on something that seemed difficult, that seemed far off, and one way or another, they've gone for it, and then they've come on the podcast to share about it. And just in case they've inspired you to get around to making a transformation in your own business— I wanted to close today with a clip from my conversation with Mario Tanya's in episode 127. Now, you guys know that I am a systems dork. If I can create a system to do something in my business better and faster, I am all for it. But Mary blew my mind a little bit by sharing her system for making changes and transformations, which I thought was so genius. As entrepreneurs, I think most of us decide to make a change and just make it. But Mary shared that she has systematized that process, and in so doing, she has been able to make changes more intentionally. So I took a, you know, a moment when I was building this to just think, if I were, you know, someone, a friend, you know, on the other side, mm-hmm. what would they want to hear? How would this be less overwhelming? 
How could this be something digestible? So, of course, breaking down into three really does help. And having a discovery phase, that's probably going to be the most important phase. We have a discovery phase. We have a creation phase where we are actually implementing things and making moves. And then you're going to have a launch phase where that's like a refinement area where you're really going to start to um, show yourself to the world. This is where you're going to market yourself. This is where people are really going to start to see you, right? But like what I did as a mistake is back when I started, I was already starting at phase three, right? I was trying to redo my website and should I do redo my logo? And should I do, oh my goodness, I had other things I needed to do before that, right? So that is such a common thing. It's like, especially as creatives, whether you're coming from a place of scarcity or abundance, you know, fear or excitement, oftentimes the first thing that I see people doing is like investing a lot of time and sometimes a lot of money in, you know, fancy new websites and um, logos and branding and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, that should really be kind of the final puzzle piece. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Once you've figured the rest of it out, but um, totally. And you can actually, you sure go ahead and start there. You're just wasting hours, if not days, weeks of your time, plus thousands of dollars or something you'll redo two years from now. Right, right, right. So take the time now, take a deep breath, and let's start with the discovery phase. Okay, guys, that is it. We are on to 2022. And starting next week, I've got a whole bunch of brand new, exciting episodes to share with you. See you then. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.